This is Willie G. Berry with Transparent Tuesdays, and the reason why that I support the Love Thy Neighbor podcast network with Apostle Anthony Wilson is because I'm always given a brand new revelation in the Word of God. Very informative, very insightful, and it always equips me to love my neighbor as myself. This is the reason why I support the podcast, and shout out to you, bro, bro. Blessings. God bless you and welcome to the Love Thy Neighbor Podcast Network. I'm your host, Anthony Wilson. Um, our goal is to equip, empower, encourage people to love God and their neighbor as themselves. This podcast network is designed to teach and inspire love for God and for each other. As you listen and you partner with us, let's change the world. Let's reach the world with the message of Jesus Christ. This week on Love Thy Neighbor, we are going to dive into the part two that I promised you, um, to generational curses. We're following it up with soul ties. <clears throat> now, generational curses and soul ties are linked, and they're linked in the sense that most people that believe in generational curses um, also believe in soul ties. Now, soul ties uh, has a very interesting history. This terminology actually showed up in the Christian community somewhere around in the 1960s. Um, and there are different languages around it. You have godly soul ties and you have ungodly soul ties. The concept of soul ties sometimes is traced back to Genesis 2.24, where Adam um, and Eve are brought together by the Lord and he puts them um, into the first marriage, right? And so it's supposed to be healthy because it's marriage. The Bible says that therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to, to his wife and uh, they shall become one flesh. Uh, and what this means is that they shall come together physically um, to produce offspring because what was the mandate to be fruitful and multiply um, and populate the earth in Genesis chapter 1 uh, verse 28 God blessed them and said to them then said to them sorry be fruitful and mul multiply and fill the earth subdue it have dominion over the fish of the sea over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves across uh, the face of the earth. And so the idea was for them to come together, produce godly offspring, um, subdue the earth, fill the earth uh, with the kingdom of God through uh, marriage. And so this is supposed to be a godly soul tie when a husband and wife are joined together. But ungodly soul tie <clears throat> is something that happens um, when there is sex outside of marriage or, or, or some type of abuse, whether it's rape or molestation or all kinds of other acts that create an ungodly soul tie um, that is often to be broken, um, uh, any type of uh, sin that links to two people coming together sexually. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 16 says, or do you not know 
that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her. For the two, he says, shall become one flesh. And the language is borrowed from Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, where the two become one flesh. And so you're joining together and you're producing something. Um, this term uh, to join, 4801 in your Strong's Greek, uh, to yoke together, to unite for one purpose. Um, and the references go towards marriage um, in Matthew chapter 19 and verse 6. Um, you see that this is this idea of coming together for one purpose. Uh, then you have the uh, the Hebrew word uh, to knit, kweshar, uh, in lead together. This word comes from 1 Samuel uh, chapter 18 and verse 1. 1 Samuel chapter 18 and verse 1. And this is the familiar passage with uh, David and Jonathan. And here's what it says. Now when... Uh, he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And what this means is that they were in league together, that they had the one heart, one desire, you know, to uh, care for each other, take care of each other, um, that they were really, really good friends. You go back to the New Testament Greek, uh, 2853, Koloa, and this is the word that's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, or chapter 6 and verse 16, uh, to be intimate, to be closely, that the souls are knit together, um, that you have made an agreement to put yourself in league with this person. And so, Soul ties, um, from the perspective of what it's been taught, is something that happens when two people join together physically, sexually. Um, it also can happen through spiritual means, um, sometimes through occult practices, you know, where um, there is um, some type of witchcraft or um, some type of inappropriate spiritual connection made between two people um, and you can't break free. Um, a spiritual connection between two people who have been physically intimate with each other or have an intense emotional or spiritual association or relationship. When such a connection uh, is considered to be unhealthy and destructive in the life of a Christian, it can be removed using special prayers or simple prayers. That's what, you know, the proponents of soul ties um, teach. And you can, you know, cut a soul tie. You can renounce a soul tie. You can sever a soul tie. You can break or cancel a soul tie. And there's tons of books and tons of material on this particular idea. But here's the strange problem, though is that when you read the passages that they are quoting, it is not being described um, in the way that uh, people have built these in, these huge books and theology around. What they're really doing is they found something 
outside of the Bible and they're using the Bible to legitimize what they found. In all actuality, here's the, here's the crazy thing. Here's the crazy thing is that um, soul ties did not originate with Christians. As a matter of fact, according to the Christianese uh, dictionary, soul ties, um, the term perhaps was started to be used in 19, in the 1960s. But in non-Christian circles, uh, mystics and spiritists were using it since the, the mid-19th century to refer to spiritual connections between two or more people. For example, soul tie is an active part of the vocabulary of astrology, um, New Age, Eastern religions. And when people talk about them, um, you got to be careful because th th it originated outside of Christianity. As a matter of fact, when I did a poll of people in our church, a lot of people heard of the term soul tie before they ever became a Christian. And so they knew about this terminology from the world. And then when they came to into being a Christian, they heard the term being carried over. And so they just assumed that this was legitimate Christian doctrine. But in all actuality, um, the soul tie is not this mystical bond that all of a sudden you are out of control. You can't stop yourself. You are connected to a person and you don't know why, because that's that's why uh, this term soul tie um, has so much traction. Because uh, it's been tied to spiritual warfare and to prophetic uh, ministry that through spiritual warfare and prophetic ministry, we can cancel and break and cut and sever, renounce, denounce these ungodly soul ties to set you free so that you can serve God. And, and, and really the truth of the matter is, uh, especially when you focus on the passage in first Corinthians chapter um, six uh, and verse 16, that the comparison that Paul is making is that you cannot have a soul tie, but you can make the decision to connect with someone on an intimate level that is in contradiction to your relationship with Christ. As a matter of fact, he makes it clear that we are, our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, that we are joined to Christ, that we are joined to Christ. And so why would we join ourselves to a harlot? And what he means by that is someone that you're not married to, someone uh, who is sleeping around, and this is male or female, specifically uses the term her. And he says, and he said, God said that the two shall become one flesh. How do people become one flesh? Well, this idea is through sex. And so even the other idea of through occult practices and um, ungodly spiritual connections like witchcraft and things like that, um, the Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible doesn't show anywhere the language that we're using to connect us to other people through witchcraft. As a matter of fact, 
the Bible is clear that uh, uh, that once the Holy Spirit dwells within us, we belong to him. And so if there's anything that is going to entrap us or bind us or take us captive, it's going to have to be something that we choose to do. It's going to have to be something that we choose to do. It's not something that we are powerless against because the Bible is clear that sin will have no dominion over you, that you have the ability to turn from ungodly relationships, turn from uh, ungodly practices, turn from those things. And so when people struggle to turn from these things, they need an answer. They need to know why these bad things are happening. There must be some other answer. It cannot be that I need to make a stand. James chapter four and verse seven says clearly that if you submit to God, resist the devil, he will flee. And so there is nothing on this earth that can bind or keep a believer in bondage outside of that person's choice to be in that bondage. Um, along with this subject is the subject of strongholds. Strongholds actually connect the soul ties. As a matter of fact, there are some people that have connected that, 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 that they didn't know that the soul tie was a thing, but they heard of the stronghold and they were using the stronghold just like a soul tie. They were saying, oh, well, man, this girl, you know, I can't get free from her or this guy. I can't break free. I've got a stronghold. And that in itself tells you that we're just looking for answers. We just want to know why. We, we, we find ourselves in these situations where uh, we seem to be unable to make the right decision or the right choice, that we seem to be unable uh, to break free from certain relationships. Uh, uh, people have been in abusive or oppressive relationships, and we're trying to figure out why can't I break free from this? Why can't I sever this tie? Why can't I break free? And at the end of the day, it's because there's something about this situation that you are making the choice to stay, whether you feel like it would be wrong to give up on it after I put in all this time and effort, or you feel like, you know what, I committed so much to this relationship that I, I just can't walk away from it, or, 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 or maybe I don't want people to talk about me. And I don't want people to ridicule me uh, because I, I walked out on, on, a, on a relationship, even though we weren't married, but I, I invested in this like we were married. Or even with a church situation, there are people that will advise people to leave that church because you got an ungodly soul tie there. There's a stronghold there. But those words, though, that language does not fit the context. And somehow we just use whatever words we want to use to say whatever we want to say when it's convenient for us to say this. And we've got to clean this up. We've got to clean this up and actually use the right words in the right context. Because uh, by us saying things like, well, that person's under a generational curse because we see something that's repeating in their life and not allowing them to understand that you actually can make a choice. You actually can make a decision. You actually have the power to not repeat the same mistakes as your fathers and forefathers. We talked about that uh, in our generational curse out of Ezekiel, that if you do what's right, then you are not held 
uh, to the punishment of the ones that came before you, because only the soul that sins will surely die. And so soul ties is the same thing. You are not bound to anybody. No one has a hex over you or a hold on you if you're a Christian, because you have the power of God. In Luke chapter 10, uh, in verse 18, when Jesus says, I beheld Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Now go, I've given you power over all the works of the enemy. He told that to his disciples. Guess what the power over all the works of the enemy is? It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God residing with us every single day. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can discern the enemy. We can uh, walk in wisdom. We can walk in faith. We have the power of miracles. All those things are working in our life. And so we don't have to be bound to anything because whom the sun sets free is free and free indeed. That when when he saved you, the Bible says by your by his stripes, we were healed and we were healed from the power of sin that we have been brought out of darkness into the kingdom uh, of the light. And so we are free from those things. So what is holding us? What is keeping us from walking away um, from that situation that is ungodly? What is keeping us from uh, leaving people alone that, that, that are no good for us, that uh, keep popping up in our lives? It, it, it's, it's our decision. And you've got to ask yourself, why or what is the benefit of me keeping this person around? What need are they meeting? Because here's another verse that we read, but we don't really understand. In James chapter 1, uh, verses 13 through 15, here's what it says. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when the desire is conceived, it births to sin and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. So do not be deceived, my brethren. And so you don't want to be tricked into thinking that somehow there's something at work that has taken a hold of you. No, you have the power of choice. And so if you are tempted, if you are being drawn into sin, if you're being drawn into a situation, you've got to address the desire that's drawing you away, that's enticing you. That there's some benefit that you're not willing to admit to. That maybe this person, even though the situation is wrong, they make you feel loved. They make you feel attractive. Um, they make you feel important. Maybe uh, 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 they make you feel valued or they make you feel like someone cares about you, even in an abusive situation. You know, you, you watch these abusive situations um, where you say, well, why won't this person remove themselves from that situation and allow the healing and, and the things that need to happen happen? Well, because if I walk out the door, then I don't ever want to come back. Because the only way I can walk out the door is to cover or sever or, or, or just eliminate the relationship completely. I can't just go get healed and then restore and reconcile the relationship. 
And so many people will say, well, yeah, that's because you got a soul tie. It's not a soul tie. And actually, this language of soul tie has creeped into our subconscious, and we believe these things. We believe in generational curses. We believe in soul ties, and it manipulates the way or the actions that we um, that we take, which make generational curses and soul ties actually strongholds. Generation and generational curses and soul ties are strongholds. And you say, well, well, how do you come to that, that, that conclusion? Because a stronghold is a false argument, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4, for Paul says that um, though we are in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh. And the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And so you look up, what is a stronghold? Well, in the natural sense, <clears throat> it's a fortress. It is a place of safety. It is a stronghold. It is a safe place. It's a refuge. But Paul's language here, um, figuratively or metaphorically, he's using it as a false argument that we seek safety in, that we actually are comfortable with this false argument. And so when we argue for, I must be under a generational curse, I must be uh, uh, bound by a soul tie, we are putting ourselves in bondage to something, but it's because this answer is safe for us. This answer makes sense to us. And so verse 5 of 2 Corinthians chapter 10 says that we have to cast down these arguments in the King James imagination. We have to cast down these thoughts these reasons, these theories that exalt itself against the knowledge of God. God has set you free, but somehow you're telling yourself you're bound because of these things. But then when we go to the word and we say, well, that's not true. Now you've got to make a decision. Am I going to cast down this argument? And there's two words here, um, the pulling down of strongholds and then the casting down of arguments. The pulling down of strongholds is is an interesting word because pulling down here uh, means to to throw something down, to destroy it, right? To raise it to the ground, to 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 to, to destroy this thing, dismantle it. But pulling down means to uh, 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 violently throw something to the side, leaving it inoperable. Breaking that thing so it can never be used again. And see, that's what the word of God does. These false arguments that come up in our mind, that come up in our theology, that come up in our language, in the way we say things. The word of God has the ability to pull down the stronghold and then dismantle and make of no effect, of no use, the argument that is exalting itself against the knowledge of God. And so then we have to bring these thoughts into captivity to the obedience of Christ, which tells us that the argument or the thought, the theory, the reasoning is actually in rebellion to God. It's in disobedience to God. This is why we have to deal with the false idea of strongholds or a false idea of soul ties and things like generational curses. We have to deal with them because you can't be bound when the son has set you free. 
You're, you're not, you can't walk around bound when the sun has set you free. And so we've really got to uh, rethink some things and go to scripture. Here's, here's my rule. If I start with scripture, do I still come to the same conclusions that I've come to? So often we didn't start with scripture. So, so often someone said it to us. Someone implanted it. Someone told us that this is what it was. And, uh, and then we begin to make the logical leap to justify or, or, or make uh, sense of what is happening to us. And when someone offers you a false argument, a false reason, a false idea, and you accept it without challenging it from the word of God, then you find yourself in a stronghold. And what happens is that you begin to defend this thing. You begin to uh, keep people back and you don't want to talk about it because a stronghold is something that is defensible. When you think about a stronghold, those of you that watch movies with knights and and, and, and warriors and kings and kingdoms, you know, people who build strongholds usually have a, a moat around it, which is a, an, a river or some type of body of water. And they have a huge uh, door, a drawbridge, right, that, that is over the front door. And so the only way you can get across whatever is the water or the moat or the pit or whatever it is, is that they have to open up this door and the door opens up and it falls down and it makes a bridge across. And so when you're dealing with a, a stronghold, the only way you can get in is if the person opens up. If they open up and begin to share, this is where I got this idea. This is why I think this. And that they're willing to say, well, what does the Bible actually say about this particular thing? Instead of sticking with what I've always believed and what I've always thought. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, uh, verses uh, 23 through 26 the Apostle Paul is discipling Timothy as the Apostle Paul for prepare, prepares um, for his death. And he says to Timothy, uh, but avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they generate strife. So don't just argue with people for the sake of arguing, because all you're doing is stirring up strife. And usually strife feeds into a stronghold. And so somebody begins uh, to, to, to make a false argument and you just argue with them. You're just entering into this ignorant and foolish dispute. You're just arguing and fighting back and forth with them. It, it, it is so hard to reach people because um, harsh words stir up fights. Right. But a soft word uh, 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 will will bring will bring bring peace. And so we've got to be so careful. That when we are attacking people. That we're not in the middle of a foolish and ignorant dispute that only generates strife. He says, and a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient, in humility, correcting those who are of the opposition. If God perhaps will grant to them repentance so that they may know the truth. And that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. Listen, 
being able to teach, being patient, being humble, correcting those who are in opposition. If God may perhaps grant to them repentance, here's how you break free of these situations. Repentance. You're going to have to change your mind. You're going to have to have a change of heart, which has got to lead to a change of action or a change of direction in your life. And, and, and when someone is trying to share some truth with you, you're actually going to have to receive it. And when you're trying to share some truth with somebody, you're going to have to be patient. You're going to have to be humble. You're going to have to be gentle with them. You can't argue with them. You can't get frustrated and say, you know what? Yeah, well, you're just going to hell because you believe that. No, because the goal is that God will grant them repentance. That they may know the truth. Remember what Jesus said, and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Any bondage that you're in is because of some false argument. That's why you're stuck in this stronghold of believing things that are not true. And so somebody's got to come along and share the truth with you. And then you've got to be humble enough to repent and turn from this belief, turn from this idea and receive what God is saying. And so here's what he said, that they may come to their senses. And so uh, literally when you're in that stronghold, when you're uh, when you have built up this stronghold, you, you, you're, you're not you're not you haven't come to your senses. You're actually out of your mind. You're actually in a place where you don't want to understand what God says. You want things to line up with what you want. And in that state. You have been taken captive by the devil. And you can be a danger to the people around you because you'll be saying things and teaching things and believing things that are untrue. And by doing that, now the devil can use you against the people around you. You don't have to be possessed by a demon in order to be used by the devil. Let me say that one more time. You don't have to be possessed by a demon in order to be used by the devil. All you got to do is believe a lie. All you got to do is build you a stronghold around a false argument and defend it and, and fight for it. Even though the truth is coming to you, you've got to learn to cast down, destroy that argument that is exalting itself against the knowledge of God. And what is the knowledge of God? The knowledge of God is truth. And so today we, we just want people to be free. You say, well, why can't I break free of this person? Because you're going to have to trust Jesus for whatever it is that you think that this relationship offers, that you think that this, this, this bad situation is offering you. You're going to have to trust God. There are situations that you're going to have to break free from. And you have to say, you know what? I'm going to trust God that he's going to take care of me and he's going to take care of that person. I'm going to trust God that if I turn from this sin that 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 I, I, I'm not going to be hated. I'm I'm not going to this person is not going to come after me. And even if they do, I'm going to do what I need to do. I'm going to trust God to get out. And you say, well, what if what if I'm married to the person? And this is tough because just because you separate from somebody doesn't mean you have to divorce them. But so often in our mind, we think, well, if I leave. And I go stay with somebody else so that things could be safe. I'm not going back. And see, that's another 
stronghold <laughs> because uh, the Bible is clear that there's a couple of things, there's a couple of reasons for divorce. And sometimes you need a break, not a divorce. And that other person needs to make a decision if that they're going to change. And if they're not going to change and they walk out on you, then they walk out on you. You say, all right, well, that's what you want, but it won't be me <laughs> that did it because I'm not going to be uh, 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 building this stronghold of this false argument that is not uh, in obedience to God, that is not in line with God. I want my thoughts to be taken captive to the obedience of Christ because in my obedience to Christ, he's with me. Even when I'm disobedient, he's still there. But he can't get involved because he resists the proud. But the Bible says he gives grace to the humble. And so even if you made your bed in hell, he, he's still going to be there. But he can't really help you until you humble yourself. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Until you come into a place where I'm going to repent and I'm going to turn from this thinking and I'm going to trust God. And so I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know what, 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 what ties that you believe that you have to people, but you have the power in Christ to walk away from these situations, to repent, to receive the truth that you are free and you don't, you don't have any bondage to that. And so here's what I want to do. I want to pray for you, but I want you to message me. I always put my link to message or to support this particular podcast. And I would love for you to message me with your personal questions. The messaging system allows you to be able to leave a, a one minute message. And so you can say, hey, here's my quick question. Can you get back to me? And I will do it as quickly as possible because we need to be free. We can't be bound to these things that, 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 that were birthed from other belief system, from other sources, and then somebody started saying this with the Bible. The Bible never said this. God never said this, but people were saying this through the Bible, through God's word. They were using God's word to say something that God wasn't saying. And so, Father God, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus that whom the Son sets free is free indeed. That those that feel bound to situations, I pray that, God, you give them wisdom and guidance, Lord, and you show them that you are their safe place, that you are their helper, that you are the one that they can look to and that you can set them free because you've already made them free. Now they have the decision and the choice to walk in that freedom. Hey, God, I pray that you allow them to walk in that freedom, empower their open their eyes that they may walk away from situations that are not producing truth that are not producing the glory of God. And Lord, if somebody is listening to this and, and they're saying, well, you know, there's some things that I believe that, that, I, that I feel like are right. But, but yeah, the, the Bible doesn't say that. And, 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 and the Bible doesn't teach that. But I believe these are right. I pray right now for that stronghold to be pulled down. I pray right now for that argument to be destroyed, dismantled, uh, rendered inoperable, God. I pray for every individual under the sound of my voice that may be bound in a stronghold, that, God, you would break through, that the word of God would be like a hammer smashing through the walls of this false idea, this false reason for what they're doing, God. We come against that in the name of Jesus. We rebuke the enemy uh, that is trying to take them captive to use them to 
to hurt, uh, to harm, to confuse, to frustrate, to oppress uh, uh, their friends and their family through false beliefs. God, I pray right now for people who are under the spell uh, of, 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 of false beliefs, Lord. And I pray right now that if they are a child of God, that Holy Spirit, you set them free. You show them, you reveal to them that they are no longer bound to this, that they are free from it and that they don't have to be under its control because the, 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 the light and dark can't inhabit the same place, that their body is the temple of the Holy Spirit and that they're joined together with Christ. And so by them being joined together with Christ, they are free from the power of this world. And so God, I pray for freedom to ring out in their life, God. They put down and tear down and destroy these false beliefs and they build and plant upon the sure foundation of Jesus Christ, knowing that he is the one that they can put their trust in, that he is their strong deliverer, that he has taken captivity captive and given gifts to men, that there is nothing that can hold them because even if the grave could not hold him, then there's nothing on this earth that can hold us. And so the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead will quicken their mortal bodies, God. And I pray, God, that they would be walking in the freedom that you've given, that you would lead them in that procession of freedom, of victory, as you always do, God. And that they would release the fragrance of Christ in the atmosphere around them. And so, God, I just pray for people to be free from these, the, these concepts that are contrary to your word and that they understand what's really going on with them and that we get to the heart of the matter and the truth of the matter. And we thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. If you're listening, please uh, click on the message link and send me a message. If you want to support, click on the support link and, and, and pray about uh, which way you would like to support us. Uh, there's a simple way of 99 cent, 4.99, 9.99. You can support us monthly. Uh, we do this full time. This is what we do. This is all I do is ministry. Um, and so basically I'm a missionary uh, in, in my own country. And so I thank you for those that are supporting us. Um, our book uh, should be out. Um, and if you are supporting, you're going to get a free copy of our our 30 day devotional called day by day. Um, we have, um, the book, on the hand of God. Uh, we can send that to you free. If you're uh, supporting us for nine 99, anything less than the nine 99, you'll get the devotional, um, uh, which is the, the 30 day devotional day by day, powerful book, um, of entries from, um, my growth with God and, and, and just powerful entries from just things that you need to know in your walk with God. I want to thank you for listening. Remember, love the Lord, your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. God bless you. Thank you for listening.